In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gaspacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betcha Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happiest Thursday. We made it to the final podcast of the week. I personally am exhausted. You know who's not exhausted? (laughs) Bernie Sanders. I have heard about this. If you can believe it. If you can believe it. Sanders, we're going to start at the top with this story. Bernie Sanders, former campaign manager, Faye Shakur, wrote in a memo to allies this week that Senator Bernie Sanders has not, quote, ruled out a bid for president in 2024. This was a surprise to me. Didn't know how to react. We polled our Instagram audience on this, and it was like literally 50-50, which I thought was fascinating. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today, was that it was like straight down the middle. We asked, are you feeling the burn for 2024? And it was... It was completely tied. I saw that because I I made my answer and then I was like, oh, my God, it's literally it literally says 50 50. It still does. It's been going back and forth all day. I'm I'm I hope that somebody in the Democratic Party watches those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bernie's looking at them. Yeah. You, you should go check the views. It's yeah. all Bernie Sanders. <laughs> totally. Oh, man. I Yes. I'm like, oh, God, I wish it was younger. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's honestly my thing is like. You know, the last go around, I was I I had we voted in a primary in New York, which we did not. We did not participate in the primaries right, anyway. So um, I did not get to vote in the primary. But if I had, I was going to vote for Bernie. Um, it was like between him and Liz and I was going back and forth every day. But at the point where things were decided, I mm-hmm. was going to Bernie. For someone to be 86 years old at the end of their first term is hard for me. Yeah. That's hard for me. Um, and I also just don't understand why you would want to do that I know, at 86 I years know. old. <laughs> like I when know. I'm 86, I want to be in a chair and like people can come visit me in that chair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I feel like Bernie Sanders has served an incredibly imper- important purpose for more leftist politics and that he is a older white dude he's a little bit of a more unusual older white dude but we've been able to launder some ideas that generally come from more marginalized communities and benefit more marginalized communities i feel like we've been sort of able to get them to the mainstream through bernie and it's like great but now now there are so many talented people that are already in congress that i think he can absolutely take responsibility for help inspiring and giving a great message but it's just kind of like I don't you don't need to be the person anymore because you did so well at making these these messages along with Elizabeth Warren and others mainstream. Yeah, I just kind of feel like he has the name recognition to get you re-inspired again. And he's not in that way, in the way that we like 
we, but meaning me mostly complain about how there's a lack of um, optimism, progressive ideas, like realistic in terms of what Republicans will do and stuff. I feel like Bernie is way more in line with that. And yeah. he has that name recognition to get people inspired again to vote. Cause I feel like sometimes I don't know if it's falling on deaf ears, like how dis, you know, how like, um, disoriented or disengaged youth has become since Biden won because of all the promises that have been, that's true. You know, even though, you know, I did read the New York Times newsletter that a lot of things today, a lot of things, like Biden has done a lot of things to help. And I know that we on the podcast work really hard to remind our listeners that it's not like, oh, the Biden administration is doing nothing and stuff, but they did run on these big, bold promises that it, that's what excites youth and excites people is, you know, that populist message. And we're not really seeing that. And I feel like um, someone like Bernie can re-inspire, but... Yeah. And he did, we should clarify, say that he, yeah, he's, he won't run if Biden runs again. And Biden seems to be saying that, like, I'm down to go again, which is also another conversation. They're both too old. I just can't. I don't understand why people want to have hard jobs when they're 80 years old. I can't grasp it at all. I can't grasp it at all. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. But the whole thing that this signals to me is that I just feel like there's this huge gap in the progressive movement and who we have in office because it's like Bernie and Liz are the really the ones that we have that are at the like presidential running level that are like progressive progressive and then we've got a bunch of really awesome people in the house Mm -hmm. who I think potentially could run for president at a certain point I mean nothing stopping them from running now but it feels like there's like AOC's not old gap. enough yet. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true, right? She's um, well. I mean, either like, way, they're really young. Age, yeah. What's the yeah. what's the pr- uh, pr- thirty five is the no, minimum the, age? No, no, no. The House representative who's South Asian starts with Pramila Jayapal. Pramila Jayapal. She's like she's the great. One, yeah, but she's like the one that I can see like most, and like I don't even. I fucking yeah. I host a fucking news podcast. I'm listening to all the shit I'm reading on the newsletters. I don't even know her name. Exactly. So, let's see. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. But yeah, I right, mean, this right. is the same conversation that we were having um, during the primaries, where suddenly every black, every person of color um, that ran, and then it became every woman mm-hmm. like was taken out the race so quickly. Um, and it became just old white men again, you know? Uh, and yeah, there is that gap of like what the Democratic Party stands for and then what actually is executed and all that. So it's yeah. real, it's getting weird. It's getting weird. That's for it's sure. Getting weird. <laughs> it's getting weird. Well, hopefully he will pay. I mean, I don't know if I hope he pays attention to our poll, but I'm sure I guess it was sort of framed in the like this went out to allies who, you know, if people are asking you, don't say that he's ruled it out, which I'm sure was maybe they was like putting it out there to see how people reacted. And it seems like some people are are super interested. But like you said, Millie, like there's no reason we shouldn't have more names that we all know. Mm-hmm. And like he should put his energy behind that like he has in the past. I well, think. especially if, you know, again, sorry, like. Diane, Fe- we're having these conversations yes. about Diane Feist- Feinstein and like 
there's a lot of people with Alzheimer's and, stuff. and yeah. not to practice in ageism, but it's also like a big part of leadership is, is making the way and setting things up for after you are gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't really, that's not something that's important in this but country's you know politics. You better, it's so you can weird. Bet Republicans are doing that. They're making sure that they have a good pipeline and that they are able to to maximize their messaging. The Republican pipeline is crazy. Like they have so many like potential people that are these governors. There's like, there's all the cuckoo crazies that they put in the <laughs> yeah. house and yeah. maybe some more that we're gonna meet soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we read your crazy law school paper and we'd like for you to be a Supreme Court justice in 30 years. <laughs> and then they'll groom you, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And then they'll make oh you the orgy. Precisely. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's where they're finding all these people is they're having these orgies and the then they're bumps. like yeah. with the key bumps and then they're figuring out like, okay, who has leadership skills? Who's really taking charge here? <laughs> <laughs> that's what we really need is Bernie Sanders just needs to go to a couple more orgies, meet some young people, recruit yeah. some people, figure Post out who's, who's ready. Precisely. You know, because I don't want him to have to be at the Madison Cawthorn or orgies. I think he should have one that's his own. Yeah, definitely different brands. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, you know, let's be honest here. After a Bernie rally, you don't think there's been an orgy? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Before, Absolutely. during. <laughs> you know, listen, I mean, I think that's, and somebody, is it probably better? Somebody, somebody met their now partner. Somebody met their partners, now partner at a partner. Their partner's at girlfriend at a. Yes, yes. And that is the legacy that Bernie Sanders should leave rather than like an, a failed presidential attempt when, and I mean, glad he's doing well. I remember he had a talk, he had a heart attack. I guess he was right that it was pretty minimal because we don't really think about it. (laughs) Yeah, and he wants to be president at 86. Well, he he wore mittens to the inauguration and we completely forgot about his heart attack. (laughs) Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. For our next conversation is going to shed some light on the fact that I think the three of us will be lucky if we make it to 86, if anyone's sitting <laughs> on well, the planet now. People tune in, Amanda, for the optimism. So let's go. <laughs> I want to acknowledge Earth Day when many of you might be listening to this. According to the most recent IPCC report, slashing fossil fuels is critical to keeping temperature rise below 1.5 degrees Celsius, which is about 2.7 degrees 
Fahrenheit. This is not new. We hear this every year. They tell us this every year. They release a report. It's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. They're a global body that the United Nations puts together. And they analyze all this science. And then they tell world leaders what to do. And every year this comes out. And then it gets kind of like memefied in in. I, I kind of like that, but like this year, you you saw a lot of people trying to do the best. Like, have you read the IPCC report memes? I had at least do one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we'll be posting yeah. this. It'll weekend. be dropping soon. You'll be like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> dropping the meme soon. <laughs> Carbon neutral content. Uh, this report really emphasized a few key solutions: reducing the destruction of forests and other ecosystems, restoring them, and improving the management of farms and other working lands looking at things like the the theme for this year was like how can we use nature to help nature Hmm. which is nice we are big fans in this house of not shaming each other's like single plastic use single use plastic use rather corporations are responsible for most of this careless governments responsible for the rest of it i i feel like we can't just like go around and shame each other for using for forgetting a tote bag when most of this is is from is stuff we have no control over and we keep voting the way they tell us to to elect leaders who will change it and still nothing nothing has changed but i did want to take a couple minutes today to discuss like if there are any things that we that we do that we find kind of work into our lives pretty seamlessly to to be sustainable without without trying to like Without saying that you have to do all of these things, but I feel like there are there are some things that I've found recently that like I've I've practiced enough that they feel effortless. Do you guys have anything like that? Um, I mean, not to shout out one of our sponsors, but we got the Blue Land products as a yeah. result of this podcast, which is like a and there I didn't are a couple think about different. That. It's so effortless, yeah. <laughs> um, there are a couple different like companies that do this but basically it's like you get refillable bottles and then you buy refills and so you're not using you're not just constantly buying new like plastic cleaning Mm. products and i actually have found it to be really good i think that they last longer than the products that like the little packets to refill Mm -hmm. last longer than the products that i was using before and um it like I don't know. I've just found it really helpful. I feel like it's actually more cost effective. I think it is. I think um, so, too. Yeah. I mean, you have to do like the big buy of getting all the like actual containers and stuff. But once you're refilling it, it's it's really cost effective. I found because we're tightening our belts over Mm -hmm. here at the Morales Grow household post tax day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is actually one of the things that we like gamed out to be like, okay, this is actually cheaper than what we were doing. So um yeah, there's that. I bring compost to a community garden. Wow. And that makes me feel very, very superior for the entire day. Nobody can talk to me all day because I brought my compost to a garden. That undoes one entire plane ride, I think. Absolutely. Ooh, absolutely, yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, I think, like, before I used to go to Trader Joe's and buy a bunch of shit and then take a car home and stuff. And I just got comfortable with not doing that, with going to the grocery store that's walking distance from my house. Uh, I I'm I love, love, love um, the electric scooter moped program. I'm constantly riding it. I think it's it's a great way to get from point A to point B in Brooklyn or in Queens. Um, and it's an electric, it uses no gas. Uh, always bringing my own gro- grocery bags. I think trying to, you know, eat more locally. And then, you know what? This is a big thing. 
for me this year, which you could ask Elise, <laughs> you know, plus size clothing is really difficult mm-hmm. and especially sustainable, like cute clothing and plus size and sustainable is just like really difficult to get. Like when we start talking about it's either like completely shapeless <laughs> shit that's not trendy at all or com- like fast fashion like from Shein that's like two dollars and shit so i started doing nully which is subscription like kind of like rent the runway but they have a good plus size selection and i feel like that's helped me a lot because it's it's way more expensive quality pieces and good pairs of jeans and pants yes, and yeah. and dresses but also like i really it really helped me reframe like Oh, this dress is so cute. Like, how many times am I actually going to wear this dress? You know, like, do I actually need to buy this dress or should I rent something for a wedding mm-hmm. and then give it back? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like, that has really helped me reframe. So, yeah. Nully, if you, newly, whatever, please sponsor this podcast because yeah. I've been fucking speaking the gospel <laughs> about you. Blue Land, we got. <laughs> newly, we have to get. Yeah, I do that. I think Elise recommended Thrive Market, which I use too, mm-hmm. because it, like, it comes. It does have a lot of packaging, so I try to save up when I want to order a lot of stuff. But like now I just get like all of my cold brew, like weeks worth of almond milk. One thing that's hard, um, especially being in the city with getting a lot of reusable stuff or buying in bulk is like we don't have anywhere to put our stuff. Mm. So like there's so much stuff that I want to buy to be able to reuse that I just do not have room for. Um, Mm. So when I, yeah, I try to do that, Blue Land. I also, over time, this is also more of like an ethical thing, but for me, I'm I'm just at a place now where I don't think an animal needs to die for me to eat lunch. <laughs> so mm. like I've been able to, with like ethical intersection in terms of like eating less meat, I totally eat meat. There's there's no meat I don't eat, but I, I where like in the past two years, we just stopped buying bacon. Like, and for me, that was a big thing. I love bacon. I would love to eat it all the time. And like, I don't buy any, we have steak maybe once a month or we go out to get it and I have like a no meat until dinner rule. I control the groceries in my home. So I'm able, Mike hates it. Mike would love if we ate pork chops and, and beef every night, <laughs> but he still, his carbon footprint is probably smaller than mine because he like buys one pair of socks a year. Um, <laughs> but, um, that's, uh, to yeah, be the, a man. Truly. And it's probably still younger, even though all I'm eating is like tofu and beans. But Thrive Market is great. They can sponsor us too. That I also, it's fortunate that I don't like to travel. So I'm sanctimonious <laughs> about that. Yeah. But like not everybody, life is so busy that not everybody can like spend their whole weekend going to every local small specialty business. Um, yeah. So those are some really good like examples of things to like. Yeah, I get like, whenever I buy new clothes, I get bummed out anyway. Because I'm like, I just have to look at this and feel bad about never wearing it. So I definitely want to get more into renting stuff as well. Yeah, ThreadUp I've also used is really good for Mm -hmm. getting like consignment stuff. They used to have a goodie box that I loved, but they stopped it. So for a while, I was getting like a lot of clothes from that. But um, yeah, I really enjoy them. And then I think that's like, you know, as we've talked about, like there are way bigger structural things that are creating climate change, but there are little things we can all do. I love impossible meat. That shit's good. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that shit's good. Wow, hitting all the sponsors. (laughs) I know, I know. I had, because they gave me stuff because I was Miss SponCon, Uh and I I ate, like, their meatballs last night, and, like, this morning, I mean, this might be TMI, but I pooped, and I was like, damn, like, (gasps) 
wow, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I didn't eat meat for dinner yeah. yesterday. Hello, regularity. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perfect example of something that it's like, like an impossible Whopper. Like it really does nearly taste the same. And I know lots of people are working very hard to have more more things like that. Yeah. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. All right, we'll pivot now. We have spent quite a lot of time on the culture wars this week, every week, as we always do. But as much as Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis would like you to pay attention to their gimmicky attacks on Disney and homoerotic ruminations on Mickey and Pluto, we're going to look at Ron's attempt to make Florida an authoritarian state. This is what he's doing is crazy. And, and Millie, I'm really curious about like what you think these demo- demographics are like in these areas and like what he is actually trying to do. So the Florida state legislature We've talked all about what they've done. They're going to basically allow Ron DeSantis to determine the ba- the balance of power in Florida. They have done a lot of gnarly stuff, but what they did not do in their session, all of these lawmakers, was come up with something for stronger buildings, as we <laughs> repeat, and come up with new congressional maps because because Ron DeSantis vetoed what they came up with. They originally proposed a map that added two Republican districts and subtracted one Democratic district. This was not aggressive enough for DeSantis, who vetoed that map. The map DeSantis proposed looks like it will add four congressional districts for Republicans while eliminating three held by Democrats. We know that districts generally favor one party over another. This is, you know, the elections have consequences things. But actually, these Florida maps that were originally proposed were the most balanced in the state's like history for, for the past 50 years, which maybe just tells you something about how badly they were gerrymandered. And this is probably why Ron DeSantis intervened. And why he's there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how he became even where he's fucking right. at. I got to keep my job. <laughs> so the new proposal is going to create 20 seats that favor Republicans and just eight that tilt towards Democrats. For, you know, for a state like Wyoming, maybe that wouldn't make you wouldn't make you wince. But this means the GOP will basically automatically they're going to win these all. That's why they're drawn that way. Automatically hold 71 percent of congressional seats. So that's 71 percent of people that represent the state of Florida and U.S. Congress will be Republicans. When you hear that, that that would suggest to you that Florida is 71 percent Republican. It's actually not. Voter registration 
how people end up voting is different, but right now voter registration breaks down pretty evenly. Millie talks a lot about how there are a lot of voters up for grabs, but Trump won only with 51.2% of the popular vote. So you're talking about a huge, a huge, uh, a huge curve there for Republicans. Crazy. Terrible. I mean, it's insane that the governor can draw his own maps for elections that he's going to run in. That is that is like, yeah, nothing's stopping him from being a congressperson again. I mean, yeah, like it's just but also like he wants to run for president. He has a lot. He wants a friendly Congress. Yeah. Yeah. He wants Mm. a lot of things like there. This he's doing this for himself. Because for his political ambitions, 100 percent. So he wants Republic, a Republican lock on Florida because he wants to win Florida when he runs for president, which is what he's planning to do unless his big dumb orange boss says he's not allowed to. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, it's just oh God, this is so infuriating because like, you know, Florida is is huge but it's also like 71 percent of these seats like but it's all from these places that people like it's like just like most states where there's the populace like the majority of the population are in these major cities Mm -hmm. and as time has passed these major cities are more and more diverse have more people of color have more you know so it's like taking away from probably where most of the state gets their money like you're talking about yeah like um these these random towns in the middle of nowhere florida getting more political power than miami that brings in tons of tourism money tons of whatever and like yeah it's also i always always bring up that he only won by thirty two thousand votes and that's i'm not convinced that that wasn't like disenfranchised people they did pass the they did pass like the you know that law a few years ago, that was um, if you went to jail, you can be reenfranchised and stuff. Right. And then Ron DeSantis, you know, which would have reenfranchised about a million people. And Ron DeSantis made it so that they had to pay these fines or whatever, like creating obstacles. And remember, there was literally the state admitted there was no way for people to figure out what they owed. There was no exactly. process. It was like poll tax 1960 vibes, like where like they make you, like where they're like, oh, we're going to give you a literacy test and then tell you to like speak in uh, like another right. language. Like, And these people it, were incarcerated for bias reasons to begin with. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why are they even there? And then they get out and it's like, okay, you have a fee to pay, but there's nowhere for you to find out what it is. Like, it's a trap. I mean, that's like kind of the this is the thing that like makes me, you know, angry or whatever. It's just like that's the basis. Like that's what they want. Right. Like they want to disenfranchise. They don't want black people to vote. They don't want Latino people to have any power or any say, but they still want like all the benefits of having um, like can you imagine Miami without black or Latino people? Like it would not be a fun place to visit. Right. You know, right, honestly. Right. So it's just, it's just like maddening. Cause it's like, mm. you know, people are, and it's crazy too, just like anecdotally, but I'm sure if we look into the numbers, but 
as as these popular metropolitan areas get more expensive, like people are moving into these more rural parts of Florida. So that's even diversifying those things. You know, I just know mm-hmm. a bunch of people from my that from went, that went to high school with me that moved to Port St. Lucie, which is three hours up. And wow. that shit is like very rural, whatever. But now I'm sure it's very, you know, like the demographics have rapidly changed. A lot of people after Hurricane Irma, I, I always say this, moved to Orlando. Orlando is like mostly Puerto Rican right now. Like mm-hmm. the Kissimmee is a very port like and a lot of people that get priced out of New York go to Florida or mm-hmm. South Carolina or North Carolina. So like all these places are being held by gunpoint. All these red yeah. states. They're like, fighting for their lives. They're these, fighting these for their lives. Yeah. And, and it's so crazy. I don't I'm not sure if there is truly a red state because even like idaho and iowa during the pandemic all these people <laughs> moved there like arizona so i'm really i'm not sure there's any pure red states anymore yeah i i mean and that that explains why they're doing this and so this doesn't it's very clear how partisan this is we just went through the breakdown but Ron DeSantis also appears to be attempting to dilute the impact of the state's black voters through racial gerrymandering So this guy, Rep. Al Lawson, has represented a district originally drawn to include several black neighborhoods. It is not illegal or wrong to the way that districts are drawn typically or in the past has been to make sure that people have representation and that minorities have an opportunity to be represented, to choose people to represent them. So now Congressman Lawson's district is going to be completely carved up. It's going to be carved up into two and it's drawn in a way that like he can't win, Um, basically splits up the vote that would have elected him. Rep. Val Demings, her district's going to be completely eliminated. She's running for the Senate right now, but I'm sure people had already announced their intention to run for that. Her district is in in Orlando. um, And instead of that, they're going to pack black voters from two districts in Tampa and St. Petersburg into one, creating a second district, basically like carving out all of the white Republicans that they, they know will elect a Republican to Congress. If this is passed, it could face immediate it could face immediate legal challenges for violating the Voting Rights Act. And because it's just racial gerrymandering, that's prohibited. Also, I think it violates the state constitution in, in a particular aspect. But it might not matter for the midterms because all they gotta do is get caught trying, I guess, because it's unclear if a successful challenge could even be worked out before November when we have these midterms, when we're already poised to lose the house, and now mm-hmm. we have Ron DeSantis making Florida like an authoritarian state uh, hmm. ahead of the midterms. Well, also, like, for him to target Val Demings is and, like, eliminate her district is really interesting and, like, nefarious to me because Val Demings, I feel like, is on the Democratic side, like, the biggest rising star in Florida as mm. far as, like, you know, she's running for Senate. She has, I, I don't think she has, like, universal name recognition by any means, but people who pay attention to these things mm-hmm. uh, know her. So she's probably like, as far as someone who could oppose him in the state, one of mm-hmm. the top people. And so it is, I mean, she's already running for Senate, so I guess she wouldn't have been running for to retake that district anyway, but it feels interesting to me to be like, and now we're gonna get rid of the district that created this problem for me entirely. Yeah, I, that's such a good point. As you were talking, it's like, yeah, even though she's not running for this, like the, the group of voters that chose that super talented lawmaker that has a real future in national politics, he is trying to take away their ability to do that. Yeah, like we're not going to let you give us another one of these. Exactly, yeah. Well, also the interesting thing about Val Demings, which is like, 
going to be you know i feel like it's She's very similar cop, right yeah that's what i was going to say very similar to eric adams in that she is one of those black politicians who is pro-police and is one of those Democrats that could probably, you know, in that way, like is a rising star in Florida because she's pro-police, but she's black and she's a Democrat. So um, in that way of like being this neutral politician or whatever has a future in national politics. Uh, and even still, Ron DeSantis is trying to like, these people are not, you know, the thing is like Ron DeSantis is not interested it, I, I think you nailed it on the head of like authoritarian government yeah. because he's not interested in working with allies or creating things or creating policy changes or anything like that. It's just like, let's sue Disney and don't say gay and don't learn about slavery and all this shit and not like, let's make sure our citizens are safe. And mm -hmm. how can we make sure that you know, we work together to form like the best possible representative government yeah. for all of our citizens. How can we protect yeah. our coastal cities from climate change is something that no. the governor of Florida should be thinking about. <sighs> um, yeah. But he's certainly not. And it's really like, it's just really sad because as we've talked about a million times, there's real shit that Florida needs and whatever but it's i mean it's happening on the national level too like republicans are gearing up to do this midterms and have it all be based on like scaring people about trans kids and teachers and crt and all this culture war stuff when it's like there is a lot of real shit that needs to get done that we should be talking about and instead they've already laid the playing field and i feel like democrats often walk into this for them like republicans have set the terms of the debate and the debate is now about like if people talk about being gay at school is it grooming or whatever mm -hmm. and it's like yeah you have ted cruz talking about pluto and mickey having having gay sex on disney which is not proposed by anyone which is crazy because it's like and they're the republicans are like it's the gay teachers putting sex in my kids brains it's you ted cruz you're the creep. Stop talking also, about this. Like, who the fuck wants to be a teacher? Like, gay, not gay. Anyone who I wants know. to be a teacher at this point, like after the pandemic, like haven't teachers been through enough? Mm -hmm. Leave them alone. And that's why I don't feel bad for that bitch, Shia Raikin. I'm like, keep yeah. saying her name. Yeah. Fucking lives of TikTok. There, all these Republicans are, you know, and it's just like the, and the entire business model of making teachers like the center of right Republican uh, like media, like. And now we're supposed to feel bad because like this woman's identity. Fuck you. Yeah. And also teachers do so much. They work so hard. They get paid so little. A, a lot of people are leaving. Like we need to appreciate anybody who, who, who steps up for our children. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is also like Ronda Santos is banning math books and all this shit. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, I've, I feel like he wants to keep, you know, they want to whatever, like hurt public schools and like keep American children stupid or something like yeah. so that they can benefit and they, they can't recognize like poor media sources. I don't know what yeah. these people like. What does an America that that if Ron DeSantis gets everything that he wants? What does this country? What kind look of place? Like? Yeah, what kind of place? That's not a place to have any pride over, and like an if, empirical 
an empirical sense. I mean, like I said, maybe this will get this will get challenged, and it remains to be seen if it can be uh, blocked before this actual election. Now we will pivot to pop culture, the pop culture segment. <laughs> Pop Culture Thursdays. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard aren't the only celebrities embroiled in an acrimonious high-profile trial this week. Dylan is is handling that for betches. Dylan is watching <laughs> Depp's defamation lawsuit. Elise has also been covering it in the newsletter. If you want a podcast a to cover bit. it. A little bit. A little bit. Because, because there's so much... I covered a little bit. I was so nervous to cover it in Dylan's show. I covered it in Pop Alarm last week just because I know there's years of context to this. There's years. It's <laughs> and so I have no, crazy. There's no, there's no dog in this fight. They're both terrible. Um, and there's so much context before this. But I know the, the trial is intense. And Dylan is, I mean, I was in the office with Dylan yesterday. He's watching it all day. And he says that Donnie Jeffs is talking so slow. And they're just talking nonsense. It's like getting like their diaries for the past 10 years with a lot of gruesome details. Yeah, I know like as we're recording this right now because a friend just texted me, they're like reading out each other's texts to like famous people. I mean, it's messy. Yeah, apparently Elon Musk is on the witness list. Yes, because he used to date Amber Heard. Oh, Oh, He used to date Amber Heard. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> that is crazy. It's all oh, well. It's she all has crazy. bad. Yeah, she has bad fucking taste too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I agree with their their therapist who said they were engaged in mutual abuse, and it's just the 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 case we'll talk about. These are both. So that's a defamation lawsuit. Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for defamation. This is about defamation. This isn't like a criminal lawsuit related to any like allegations of abuse, although that is coming up. But another high profile defamation suit that we're seeing is Black China's against the Kardashian Jenners. So, yeah, we are back, of course. As for their Kardashians, they found themselves in a Los Angeles courtroom as a jury hears Black China's $100 million defamation case against the family. Some background. She filed this five years ago, and according to Vulture, alleged in court papers that Rob was an abuser intent on destroying her after she left him. The complaint says that, quote, in revenge, the Kardashian-Jenner family became a media predator, slut-shaming her on social media and killing her hit television show, which had already begun filming a second season. Rob and Black China, they started dating. They got a reality TV show together. It was successful, and they had a baby, and they broke up shortly after they had Dream. Cute baby. Yeah, cute-ass baby. Of Of course. All of them have cute babies, but I feel like Dream doesn't get the recognition that she should get for being a really cute baby. Well, yeah. Dream is, is like China's baby, so she's not on social exactly. media all the goddamn mm-hmm. time. Yeah, they can't make any money off of her. So Rob then shared, this is obviously very acrimonious, breakup, Rob shared naked pictures of her, mm-hmm. and according to her complaint, harassed her, and she got a restraining order against him. The Kardashian have also the Kardashians have also accused Black China of violently attacking Rob. They did file a lawsuit with regard to that, and it was eventually dropped. Black China says in this complaint that the Kardashian-Jenners interfered with the second season of the hit show. The show is the big thing here. She mm. says that they intervened, they went to E, they shut down the show, and she says there was no good reason to do that because she was willing to do it herself, even though they had broken up, uh, and they intentionally intervened to cause her financial distress mm-hmm. and emotional distress. There's also a separate revenge porn case coming up next month, and it's interesting because Rob's sisters are like listed in that as well. So I, I'm curious to see what role they say that they played. So that's that's kind of like 
the backdrop. I didn't know that this was happening this week. I was surprised to see all of this. Oh, it's all over black Twitter. Those, yeah. First of all, everyone's obsessed with the courtroom sketches. So that's what we're going to talk about now. The courtroom yeah. sketches are incredible. Why are people obsessed with them? Um, they honestly make Black China look like Corella DeVille in the best way possible because <laughs> Corella DeVille's outfits honestly go off. Yeah. I read, there's a really, really interesting article on Jezebel that I sent to you guys about the the artist who did these sketches and like she has a background in fashion which you can definitely tell in the way that she drew black china on the stand like yeah she appreciated the look you can tell <laughs> absolutely but then what's interesting with the because she was talking this artist was talking about the kardashian drawings and this person has done like a lot of famous courtroom cases and she talked about like basically that like as a court draw or court illustrate I don't I'm sketch on with the sketch artist whatever <laughs> either way she's great she's whatever she wants to be called <laughs> anyway in her capacity as that uh she often has to, it like her drawings come up against people's public image because the Kardashians obviously like I mean more than anyone only share like polished, mm -hmm. edited mm -hmm. photos of themselves. And if this were a case that were going to be on TV, like if this was like, because the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case is being, is on court TV, but this one is one of the ones where the cameras aren't in the courtroom, mm -hmm. they would probably look a lot different. But instead, like, this is the real them. And yeah, this artist, she talked about like, I think she was talking about drawing Gwyneth Paltrow and getting a lot of heat because she made Gwyneth look ugly. But she was like, she had been crying and she looked disheveled and her face was all red. And like, she like, that's how she looked. What do you fucking want from me? <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating because yeah. she was like, the reason that people think that these pictures, I made them look bad is because I am not drawing them as you see them. You, she, she said to Jezebel, they look completely different in real life. Like, she mm. was she said that she was going through that in her head because she was like, I know people are going to be jarred by this presentation, mm. but, you know, should I draw them as I'm used to seeing them and, you know, run over those flaws? But she was like, I drew them as I as I saw them. And they this is just, I think people the reason people are obsessed with the images is because this is a very rare situation where they cannot control their image. I mean, remember what happened when that bikini picture came out of Khloe Kardashian looking fine and they lost their minds and they're like, <laughs> mm -hmm. she really is skinny. And I think, you know what? It's so funny because in this case, like it, it is like a, a, a metaphor and allegory to like actually who the Kardashians are playing because like Kim and the sisters, like they all are like, oh yeah, pro women. And like, you know, Kim's whole fame was like that sex tape. But then when they have a black woman standing up against them and being like, you guys engage in a revenge porn or you guys have stopped, mm -hmm. you know, not to say that black China is a complete victim or she hasn't done anything wrong. Like, but I feel like in this case, they were fucking bullies. Like I, I personally didn't see the Rob Kardashian, like naked pictures of black China. I saw that the day it came out and I was like, Whoa, yeah, he, he posted them to, to 9 million followers, 9 million followers. 
Well, first of all, that's not like rare for him. He did the same thing with Rita Ora. He like he's like she cheated on me twenty times in two in a month, and she's a whore. Like after they broke up, like this is not re weird behavior for Rob. But the thing that I did see was that after she had gave birth to Dream, he like shared pictures of her on the operating table getting plastic surgery, and he's yeah. like, "You yeah. sell your flat tummy tees and blah blah blah." But it's like kind of like surgery shame when it's like Hilarious. look at your fucking sisters and then also too um i sent y'all the bossip uh like video but chris jenner did all of them actually did send they have the receipts of like they did send tell e to stop shooting that show and e did and those shows are super lucrative and it is money that she lost like it's true like they did this shit it's also it was it's sick because it's like that's their niece right like that's their niece like Dream she is their niece yeah. She's the only one who gets to be a Kardashian. And then you're and then you're going to hate on Black China for trying to get some brand deals that are maybe not the most ethical out there, but you're going to take away her revenue for her show. But it's also like again, they cannot control the narrative. If if the if Black China is the center of the show, they can't control the narrative of like, oh, well, my daughter wasn't invited to this birthday party or my daughter wasn't this or like they're kind of bullying yeah, me or like didn't blah, blah, blah. Like they have they can't control that. So they fucking cut it, you know, or like maybe maybe Black China did have a really crazy fight with Rob, but Rob's a dick. Like, it's like <laughs> they can't control that. So it's it's really interesting that it came out through this courtroom drawing. But I think this is like this clash with as we were talking last week with the yeah. kardashian colloquium of like and how they're the kennedys you know this super image obsessed whatever like this is one case just like the jordan woods thing where it's like first of all black twitter is like coming out and being mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you guys fucking suck but it's also <laughs> like this whole thing is about how chris jenner can't control what black china whatever so mm -hmm. it's really yeah. interesting one yeah. thing I wanted, I and I just Googled it to make sure I was correct, but because I, I remember watching all the Black China Rob stuff kind of go down in real time, mm -hmm. and <laughs> I forgot that he did a live where he showed his fridge the day she left him, and he was like, she took all the food <laughs> out of the fridge. That's really what this is about. <laughs> he was like, she took the baby and the food. And I was like, what well, the Well, <laughs> I mean, listen... I are you above that? I'm not because oh absolutely oh come on I would take the food I would if I bought the fucking food. Listen, one time take everything. I moved, one time I moved out of an apartment and I took the shower head. Oh. <laughs> Did you buy I it? The, yeah. I bought the shower head and I installed it myself. It was the first time I ever fucking bought the shower head. I'll go back. You know, Robbie Hoffman has a great fucking joke about this where roommates like to be like, oh, I don't remember. It's like, is that my pan or your pan? I don't remember. It's like, if you don't fucking remember it, then you didn't buy it, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I say, take the food, take the shower head. I mm -hmm. went back. I take took a the can reality show. Take the reality show and don't get your hating ass mom to mm -hmm. text E. What kind of bullshit is that? Whatever. That's why Black China runs Zeus Network. There is something to this, the Kardashians, <laughs> that we don't talk about enough is that it's like it's literally you're always calling your mommy for help. Like you really always got to call your mom. 
and now here they are. Apparently, also Ryan Seacrest is gonna is a witness here. So this one's this is this is a ten day trial. So this could get even more interesting. And the sketch artist's name is Mona Schaefer Edwards, and she has an Instagram that I encourage you to follow. And she's been posting like she also did like she has cool ones of like Courtney Love. She apparently has like an unusual an unusual style. So Thursday's obsession is is Mona Schaefer Edwards, the sketch artist. That is our show for today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamares. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.